like DDR has designs to put this on goal himself. Chung had a word, but the body language says, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try goal here. He does. Oh! Holy smokes! Dwayne D. Rosario with the lightning bolt! Twenty-five stories I made on lust. This is season two, episode three. DDR. And we're not talking about the dance game. Oh yeah, Dance Dance Revolution. No, yeah. we're not talking Dance Dance Revolution. Uh, we're talking. We're talking Dwayne Dwayne De Rosario. Now the thing is, I say De Rosario. Is it De Rosario or De Rosario? Yeah, I guess it is. I don't know who says De Rosario. Sorry, I just did. No, did you? I I don't know. I don't know. Dwayne De Rosario coming at number three on the 25, top 25 list, right? Yeah, number three, our our, our third one into the books. And we're doing this in order of what we think is like by merit, so. So he comes in third after uh, Donovan and Moreno. Yeah, in my books, he's the third greatest MLS player of all time. All right, so obviously we got to start with statistics to kind of prove it. Stats, stats, stats. <laughs> Are we sticking to that? Um, <laughs> it's just fun to say. Why don't we just call it Stats McCarty? Stats McCarty. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Um, here's his qualifications, his resume, if you will. Like uh, 104 goals um, and 77 assists. He's number nine all time. On which... Like the, the all-time goal list, yeah, goal list. yeah. Right. all-time goal list, and goals wasn't everything that he he did, right? So like the assist numbers is pretty impressive. It's seventy-seven assists with that, um, but you know, in order to make this list, because there's gonna be players that um, that have over a hundred goals that aren't on this list. You know what I mean? And and so you need more than that. So he has the goals. He's got the assists. The really impressive thing about him is his six-time MLS Best Eleven, um, which is the most. That's uh, that's tied with Donovan, right? Tied with Donovan, most all-time, like sustained excellence um, mm-hmm. throughout this yeah. league, and um, he won like everyone else on this list. He won a lot of things, right? So he has four MLS Cups. He won a Supporter Shield. He has a U.S. Open Cup. He won two Canadian Championships. He won f- trophies with four different teams, which is pretty impressive. Uh, yeah, because we're talking Quakes, mm-hmm. which a lot of those players turned into the Dynamo. Including Dero. And then uh, he had years on TFC. Where he won the Canadian Championship. And I think near the end of his career, he went to D.C., correct? Yeah, and that's where he won, I think, um, the U.S. Open Cup. Okay. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's pretty impressive. Uh, he was MLS MVP um, in 2011. And we won the Golden Boot that year. Uh, to me, it's the most interesting season by any player ever. Why? Um, we'll get into it. Okay. It's because I don't think you'll ever see it replicated. Um, and then he's been MLS, MB, MLS Cup MVP two times in t- 2001 and 2007. So like in the most important games, he has shown up um, right. really, really strongly. Right? right. So, And seven straight All-Stars. I mean, the All-Stars are... Not as important as best 11s, but seven straight all-stars is pretty big. I mean, that resume, you can literally put up against anyone in the league ever. True. 
Yeah. Uh, so what's kind of like his um, history? Like, where does he start his career? Yeah, I mean, so this it's funny because now we're on, we're on the third one, and mm-hmm. there's some like themes that we're seeing, right? With with Jaime Moreno, Landon Donovan, which is like leaving for Europe at some point, feeling homesick, or yeah, playing, something like playing that. outside of your own country, or like being recognized at a really young age as being a superb talent, mm-hmm. and then and then being recruited to Europe. So, Dero is actually, I mean, scouted really, really, really young, like really young, like, how young? Like 13, 14. Okay. And he's being scouted by some of the best teams in the world, like Olympic Marseille. And he actually gets an offer um, from Milan at 14 years old. A five-year contract at 14 years old. Wow. And, um, and obviously, he's Canadian. so And the, the labor laws might be different at the time, right? Yeah, so the Canadian thing doesn't matter. Uh, so you remember with Landon, we couldn't right. figure out, like, because the rule is, a, it's called... Um, I think it's title 19 not title 19 um article 19 article 19 yeah sorry i'm, I'm in my, the other uh research yeah, that i've been t- thinking title, nine. title nine yeah yeah article 19 and um the article 19 rule that's today as a reminder for everyone is that you can't sign um players that are under the age of 18 to foreign countries mm-hmm. um with the exception if you're a european then you can sign at 16 so you have to have a european so he's canadian Yep. Um, so that, like, you today, if he was doing this, he'd have to wait until he was eighteen. Like Davies had to wait until right, he was eighteen. Right. Right. But after the Donovan episode, we had some person on Twitter who actually, because we were like, we don't know how Donovan got around this. We we were thinking that maybe the rule wasn't in effect yet because that mm-hmm. happened in '99. Yeah. Um. By the way, for, at fourteen, this is 1992. So this is even way before Donovan, right? Right. Um, and shout out to uh, William Higgins, who uh, pointed out and found the resource, um, the source that says Article 19 wasn't in place until 2001. Ah, gotcha. So Article 19, before that, apparently you can sign 14-year-olds to five-year contracts in foreign countries. That's nuts. Right? It's kind of crazy. Like, could you imagine being 14 and being like, you'll move to a different country to play soccer professionally for five years? You're in contract for five years? Like, Not at all. Man, at 14, it's like it was... It seemed like such a big thing to do something for a week. 14 is like where you start thinking about next year and having to work retail a little <laughs> sure, bit. Sure. Depending on the state you're in. But yeah, in Jersey, 14 <laughs> is when you can start working. Yeah. Um, but uh, so he, he ends up getting the offer. And just like what we we're saying, he doesn't sign it because he's like, you know, at that time, like a five-year contract sounded so insane. Mm-hmm. And like for the record, a five-year contract is insane for a fourteen-year-old. Like no fourteen-year-old outside of Freddie Adu should be getting a five-year contract to a foreign country. Like that's like that's ridiculous. Yeah, like, you know, like. Um, but he's that's how well scouted he is, right? So he he ends up like kind of um, you know playing at at the youth club. He continues like living his regular life. He turns 18, and then he plays um, for his hometown club, Toronto Lynx, which is uh, in the A-League. You know the A-League today by USL, so it's like the second division, gotcha. right? yeah. Um, and at 18, he's uh, called up to the Canadian U-20s for the U-20 World Cup, which he does extremely well in. Um, they actually play really well against Argentina. They win against Hungary, where Dero actually scores a goal. Um, they make it to the knockouts. Like Canada doesn't normally do these things, right? So it's pretty impressive, and it gets to the eye of a uh, lower division German side 
called FSV Zwickau. Zwickau. What? Yeah. What's it called? FSV Zwickau. I'm not gonna try to. I'm just. Gonna I, call, I think that's I'm how you call pronounce it. it. I'm gonna call it FSV. Um, Z W I C K A U. In my in my two years in Vienna, I my guess it's Zwickau. Okay. I'm sure someone will correct me. <laughs> yeah. Um, they signed actually Dero and actually his teammate in that U20 team, um, Jason Bent. Jason Bent will later on actually uh, play for the Colorado Rapids. So another MLS connection. Um, and it doesn't go well. In fact, there's numerous articles that the two, because they're both black, mm-hmm. are um, confronted with racism on a, on a regular basis, like monkey noises in, in stadiums. Um, like yeah. D- Dero talking about like how some opposing fans look, literally calling him the N word, like like really tough times. Like Landon had homesickness. These but guys have to na- deal with that. Nineteen are getting homesickness plus like literally racism outwardly to them, right? Yeah. And this is like again, this is like around nineteen uh, ninety seven, ninety eight, right. This is not that far away from the Berlin Wall falling, right? True. So, true. Speak out that the city is actually in East Germany, right? So it's actually more like culturally closer to the other kind of Eastern European countries at that time, um, like your Poland's of the world, where you, I mean, you hear stories like that from there as well. I mean, you hear stories like that, unfortunately, everywhere. <laughs> but um, just to provide some perspective on like why, I understandably. The two players like were like, this is a terrible place to be. Right. Just an absolutely terrible place to be. So after about two years, he comes in. He's like 21. He comes back. He's, he's really like down on his career. Under, like Just having a terrible experience for two years in Germany. Um, and the first kind of professional team that reaches out to him for a contract is the Richmond Kickers. Again, really? okay. in the A-League. I didn't know that. Um, and uh, again, USL. Now, Richmond Kickers, being in Richmond, pretty close to D.C., they're affiliated. D.C. is the MLS team. And this is around 1999. And D.C., if you remember from the Jaime Moreno episode, D.C. United is like the best team in MLS. Right. And right. so, Dio Rosario is like, one, he's like, you know, I'll, I'll take anything, to be honest. But two, like, this is like, my in to make it into MLS and not just MLS with the best team in MLS, right? Does that make sense? Yeah. And then one of the, his first year, okay. His second year kills it with the Richmond Kickers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the assistant coach at the time, you know, the, the head coach was Thomas Rongen, which again, we talked about it a little bit in the Moreno episode. Uh, the assistant coach of that is a guy named Frank Yallop, ah. who's on the Canadian national team as well, yep. was on it. Um, and Frank Yallop, after um, the 2000 season, gets hired uh, for San Jose Earthquakes to be the head coach. Now, we talked about the San Jose 2001 Earthquakes because that's when they got Landon Donovan. Right, right. Right. That's where they got like all these players. Like, Frank Yallop is the coach. Um, and they're good immediately. But one of the players that they also get is... Dwayne De Rosario, who's 23. I'm going to keep saying his age because, like, the age is, like, such a big part of it. Mm-hmm. Like, 23 is not young. In, in what respect? Like, to make your first... 
To be number three all-time MLS player and to make your first MLS appearance at 23 is kind of late, don't you think? I mean, it depends. I mean, yeah, if they don't have the story of they went to college, then it's late. Yeah, yeah. That's what I mean, because like I think that's pretty normal for somebody who played college ball. True, true, true. Although the first two that we talked about didn't play college ball at all. I mean, Donovan was super young. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Moreno, obviously. But your your point stands for yeah. for a player who was scouted at fourteen for them to break through at twenty. That's the thing, right? That's like, what you're talking about. Scouted yeah. at fourteen to Milan, right? Hasn't broken through to MLS. That's levels. almost a, that's almost a decade. That's nine years, right? So, Twenty three, yeah. right? And on the earthquakes, um, and we talked about this a little bit in Donovan episode. Um, he's not a starter. He's like the spark plug off the bench, right? Hmm. Um, and. And he, he's part of a really great MLS Cup winning side. Over the next three years, as we talked about with Landon Donovan, they win a lot of trophies, two MLS Cups, of which, you know, in the 2001, D-Row actually has a game-winning goal. That's why right. he wins MLS Cup MVP. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's very much coming off the bench. In, the, in those four years, from 23 to 26-ish, he plays a total of 4,800 minutes. That's it. It's like 1,000 minutes per year. Uh, and he's super productive, right? So during those minutes, he's, he's he gets 36 goals and assists. That comes out to be about 0.7 goals and assists per 90. I, for the listeners, I mean, you might be wondering why I'm always quoting goals and assists per 90. No, I don't. I don't think so. It okay. makes sense. It makes total sense. It's like it, on it's, a, it's, it's a rate. It's, it's a rate. It's your rate. It's like yeah. on an average game, 90 minutes. If you play the whole game, how many goals or assists can you expect, right? And it's a very easy stat to compare people across different eras. Um, mm-hmm. But this is this is point seven something off the bench. Right? Off the bench, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's very productive for a bench player, and I mean, he's a key piece, but he's not a starter. That's that's key. End of two thousand four, Landon Donovan in that episode, he is like, I'm going back to Bayer Leverkusen. Mm-hmm. The domino effect of that is that it gives Dayro a spot, right? They need an attacking midfielder. Mm-hmm. They have a pretty productive guy off the bench. He's 26 in the prime of his career. Um, and so he gets promoted to being a starter. Again, he's 26 turning 27. That's the first time he's a starter in MLS. That's kind of nuts. Right? Yeah, that's nuts. Um, in the meantime, right before it, he has a trial in Nottingham Forest. He's older now. He gets what it means to be a professional. Nottingham Forest is a, is a team in England and... Um, the trial doesn't go well, like they, they decline it. So he's like, all right, I'll come back um, to uh, San Jose. First year as a starter, and he kind of goes off, right? He uh, blows up. He has his hands in 22 goals and assists for the year. He's MLS best 11. He's an MVP finalist along with Jaime Moreno. The winner of that is eventually Taylor Twelman. And at the end of the season, he um, is, gets an offer actually from Europe, this time from Blackburn Rovers, who was an EPL team at the time. Um, I believe Friedel, Brad Friedel's playing for that team. Um, but they only offer one year, and MLS is like, oh, listen, we'll, we'll resign you, we'll offer you two years with a pretty good deal. I think it was like $325,000 a year. And so he was like, and he was fighting some injuries during his time with San Jose, so mm-hmm. he was like, listen, I'm going to take the security, I'm going to take the money, and I'm going to stay, right? Um, so not only does he stay, but if you listen to the first season, you know this is also the time where San Jose gets moved to Houston. Yeah. <laughs> because of stadium issues and yeah. 
um, the owners being like, we, we need a new stadium based upon the league strategy of having kind of owning the stadium and San Jose wasn't, the city wasn't going to do it. And so um, if you're curious about that whole story, we did an entire episode about it in season one. You should go check that out. But long story short, the team gets moved to Houston. He has a new contract. He's a starter. He's MLS MVP. He's like 27. Uh, MVP nominee, MLS Best 11. Um, and $325,000 a year is a pretty good contract from back then. Right, right. And that team, like just to provide, because uh, the team that was in Houston, you got Brian Ching, Brad mm-hmm. Davis, Stu Holden, Jeff Cameron. That team is really good. Yeah, and this, this is a team that won Cups too. They won back to, as soon their first year in Houston, they won a cup. And then they won it again the following year. They, they were really, really good against New England a Revolution. And, and, and Dero is a big part of those teams. He's an MLS Best 11 again. He's an MVP finalist in 2006. Needless to say, he's like turning pretty close to 30. He's at the prime of his career. He's one of the best players in MLS, yeah. understandably. Um, and then 2008, he's not as productive. Right, so he only has nine goals. He's all old at that point. He's 30. 30, okay. Yeah, or 29 turning 30. And then Houston, <laughs> I guess that's a semi-down year by not winning MLS Cup. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. And uh, they were like... It was getting annoying how like often they were just... just they were dominant. so good. Yeah, yeah they were yeah. the dominant team there in that team period. Um, if you think about it, it's like um, you have DC United f- first as the big kind of team. The second team around that time period is like San Jose that turned into Houston. Right. I always wonder like how if Houston didn't exist or if if they kept the Quakes brand. Right. You know, then how many cups would they have? Right, right. If that was, yeah, I don't know. Right. If you counted them as kind of the same club. Yeah, they would have had a lot. Um so, so yeah. he's so yeah, he's he's thirty. He has like an off year. Mm-hmm. Um, and Houston doesn't win MLS Cup, so they're like, we need to get younger. And this is the type of league it is, man. His his salary hit at 325 is, is meaningful, and so they trade him. Again, this is a three times MLS Best 11, an MVP nominee, like literally 18 months prior, and they trade him for Julius James, who was like this young defender. Who is that? Just this young defender. He never turned out to be great. I mean, he, he was high potential at the time, but like... Like, just to show you this, like, what this league was back then, it was such so driven by the, the limited salary cap. Mm-hmm. Remember the last episode, we talked about how DC United blew up the Christian Gomez Jaime Moreno partnership right, to save right, $75,000. Right. Like, yeah. in salary cap, this one was like, I mean, they saved probably 250 or more significant, but it seems crazy to think about trading that level of a player for someone who's like not nearly in that planet not proven yeah yeah um for that and it's not the first time this will happen to dero um so he gets traded uh to toronto right so he gets traded to his hometown team toronto fc joined the league in 2005 um again we have another episode on that in in season one and how that happened but he he gets to go basically go home and be like a really good player on a team at that point that's been very bad, just very bad, has huge support, and so they they're understandably super excited. And Dero is invigorated at that point. Like Toronto was terrible. 
They were they were terrible, terrible. But I think by that point, everybody knew how good Dero Dero was. See, I just did it. Dero, Dero. Everybody Dero? knew that. Everybody knew he was a quality player, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I mean he's MLS Cup, MLS best eleven three times. Like he's not just a quality player; he's one of the best players in the league. Right. Coming off a bad year, mm-hmm. right? And so, and he's thirty. So you can see some like, is, does he still got it? Long story short, definitely still has it. Yeah. Goes to the tor- Toronto, has an incredible year again. For two years, he's double digits in goals. He's again best eleven both years in Toronto FC. And Toronto FC isn't good, so they're not making the playoffs. But That's crazy to be best 11 when you're on a terrible team. Terrible team. Yeah. Not making the playoffs. and But they are winning the uh, Canadian championships, right? So there's some trophies that that Dero is winning. Dero's are. I guess that's right. Let's not get in our heads about it. Someone, yeah. someone will correct us online. Yeah. Um, and he's 32, right? 32 years old. Um, at this point, he's making $450,000 a year, which is, again, really good money in this league. But he's easily their best player in a mm-hmm. bad team. But he's not the most paid player on the team. Would that be Defoe? No, this is, uh, well, this is before, before Defoe. De, this is before Defoe. Who's, yeah. the, be, who's the top? Julian de Guzman. Um, ah, okay. Yeah. yeah, and de Guzman... Can, is Canadian as well, and they recruited him from Europe, specifically Deportivo La Coruña from Spain. And he's getting paid three times as much. He's getting paid $1.5 million a year. Whoa. And, and Dero is, De Rosario is like, I'm the better player. I'm also Canadian. Like, pay me. Right. Like, pay me. You know what I mean? And, and it's not like De Guzman is super young. You know, he's just, they're paying him a lot because he's coming from Europe. Hmm. Yeah. It's getting bad to the point where, um, I don't know if you remember this, but uh, he, after scoring a goal, did a celebration where he, like, signed a check. And it's basically a Toronto FC management being like, yeah, 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 yeah. I Um, remember that, actually. And then he threatened to, like, not show up uh, to the 2011 season if he didn't get a new contract. This is, I mean, a sign that MLS is making it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where you're having like contract disputes like that are public like this, like you see in other sports. Right. Um, so part of it is like, it's great to uh, to see the kind of the growth and that players are getting paid and then having disputes about getting paid more. Um, but it was very for Toronto fans and the organization. It was very like real, right? The second thing that was happening is. Um, uh, Dero is like uh, trying to make it to Europe one last time, right? And so he uh, had a training stint at Celtic. Celtic, that is a giant club in Scotland. When was this? He's 32, so it's like 2000, end of 2010. Wow, I don't remember this at all. And, and, and Celtic is like, yeah, we want, we want you to come in, do a loan deal like, oh, like, like Beckham is like going to be known for, mm-hmm. Don is yeah. going to be known for. Come in beginning of the season for um, uh, w- during the off season for MLS, and you could play for Celtic. And he's like, Daryl's like, I'm in. Like, you know, I want to get one last shot at Europe, right? And the Toronto FC management, specifically the head coach at the time, which is Aaron Venter, and uh, said no. It's like we're not doing that. So not only even was, when they're on off season, yeah. So like, not only was he not getting paid. They were preventing him from like doing this move Man, to like, yeah. 
And so it, it really boiled to this point, right? So, I mean, um, Darrow eventually didn't skip the year. He played the first two games, but it, it got to the point where, like, Toronto FC had to trade him, right? Yeah. And so they trade him. It was either, it was either pay him. Pay him or trade him. Yeah. And, and it was pretty deep that you're like, all right, we're going to trade him. And, you know, like, he's 32 at this point, turning 33. Mm-hmm. They trade him to uh, the New York Red Bulls, the 2011 New York Red Bulls. What? Yeah. What? When was that? What? So, uh, this 2011 season, like I said, is going to be the most interesting MLS season of history. So he plays two games for Toronto FC, gets traded to the Toronto Re- uh, New York Red Bulls. Um, what? F- for Tony Chani. Tony Chani. Who went to Columbus? After Toronto. After Toronto, oh man, I forgot about that. Yeah, and uh, as a context, the New York Red Bulls um, recently was purchased by the Red Bulls. Before that, they were the Metro Stars. Yes. Perennial, like, second team versus DC United. And the Metro Stars come in and they spend huge money. They get Thierry Henry. Yes. They get Rafa Marquez, both from Barcelona. Yep. Each one getting six and a half million dollars a year. They got some young stars, American stars, and Juan Agudelo. Yep. Who I don't know if you remember at the time, but Juan Agudelo was like the up and coming player. Yeah, he was like 17. Yeah, 18, 17, 18. He was 17, yeah. He like already scored with the US national team. And, yeah. yeah. Tim Ream, mm-hmm. who at the time was like up and coming, arguably one of the best defenders in MLS, also getting US men's national cap. You had Dane Richards. You had Joel Impair. Like, a lot of expectation. Yeah. And in the beginning of the year, they were doing really well. And Dero was like the piece. Like, this is like a big move. Yeah. From a team that just went from like always being second and like now is like the big spender in the league. Right? And earlier in that season, just to showcase, and DC United is like their main rival. They destroyed DC United. Like, they were like, all right, and now we got Darrow, former MLS MVP, MLS Best 11 two times with Toronto FC. Like, this is like, we're going to destroy teams right now. I, I, I remember this so clearly. I, was I like, forget how stacked that team was. It was. I was so pumped. I was so pumped. I was like, and I had season tickets then. I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was, I, was with the game, I was in the games. I just don't remember Darrow ever being there. <laughs> right. So, you, so I was no, just probably too focused as a kid. Like, well, I wasn't as a kid, but like young adult, just over the. I was probably just fawning over Ty- Thierry Henry that I yeah, just didn't totally. even pay attention to the rest of the team. Yes, yeah, so, which is like a lot of the people in the stands were like that. But um, he comes in, and this, this trade happens in the beginning part of the season, like two, two games in. So you're talking early April. Mm-hmm. Um, he comes in, and like in April, like the team is like like winning a lot yeah. and it's it's all good um and then may comes and they go from like first place in the east to not winning a game in may it's like one loss four draws okay and the worst part is it was a gold cup year 2011 gold cup yes and um which means you're losing the downside of having a lot of good players so a you lot lose of players, yeah. So you lose uh, Darrow to Canada. Yeah. You lose Marquez to Mexico. You yep. lose Agudelo and Reem, like and Dane Richards for to Jamaica. Yeah, for You're losing Jamaica, five yeah. starters, and and so they struggled all through May, mm-hmm. um, and they're they're like teetering on the edge of the playoff line, 
which again for this team is like unacceptable, right? Because even after you lose all those players, you still have Thierry Henry, right? And so they do the craziest thing, which is why you don't remember. They trade him two months after. Uh, oh, the other thing is when they signed Darrow, mm-hmm. they signed him to a new contract because that's what he wanted, right? So right. he went from like four hundred thousand to like six hundred sixty thousand dollars a year, and um, and Darrow's like, all right, I got a new contract. I'm putting a down down payment on a house, and this is like going to be my spot for a few years. No way, dude! Two months in, they trade him to DC United for whom? Dax McCarty. Ah, all right. So that that trade does that that trade makes sense though. Pans out, but yeah. at this point, Dax McCarty, who is a Red Bulls legend, okay. Yeah, but at this point, he is out of favor at DC United. He was actually left exposed at the expansion draft. Mm-hmm. Um, like, an expansion team could have got him for free, right? And this is before Dax was like in the U.S. Men's and National Team no, picture yeah, at all. Yeah, yeah, at yeah. all. Yeah. So he was he was there. I mean, and um, and they traded for Dax McCarty, and, and they tell De Rosario. Basically, after a practice, right before he's about to leave for Toronto to go to his graduate, but he uh, bought a house. Daughter's graduation. He bought a house. Two months, man. Two months. <sighs> Two months, right? All right. So at this point, his numbers are like, okay, he's thirty-three years old. He is in the with Toronto and the Red Bulls at this point. Has three goals, five assists, and thirteen hundred minutes. It's like about a point five five goals and assists per ninety. A starter level, I would say. You're okay, a starter. Yeah, yeah. But, like, it's not a designated player, top paid player in the league. No. And he's traded to D.C. United. And this man, like, we talked about Landon Donovan going into F.U. mode. Yeah. This man went into F.U. mode. Like, he, he has a game. In two weeks, he comes back to Rebel Arena. <laughs> he gets traded to a DC United team that's bad, by the way. DC yeah. United, that team has four wins in the first fourteen games. Like it's mm-hmm. not a good team. Yeah, their their designated player, Brankovic, is tears his ACL. Like that's not a it's not a good team. He comes in back to Rebel Arena. I was at this game, and he kills the Rebels. He does like a uh, there's like a dummy. He loses Dax McCarty, who's guarding him that he got traded mm-hmm. for. Scores a goal. Rebel Arena does his trademark dance. Yeah, if, you, if you've ever seen Darrow's dance, you know you know what I'm talking about. Um, and then later on, he faces Toronto FC, the team that traded him to the Rebels. Yep, drops a hat trick on him. <laughs> Yo, MLS in general, by the way, is such a revenge league. It's such a revenge. Like, league. there's so many so many players that have dropped their best games against former clubs. Yeah. Yeah, and just relished in it. Yeah. Like, and, I mean, he goes on a tear at the rest of the season. 13 goals and 7 assists in 1,500 minutes. So in that time period with DC United, mm-hmm. it's 1.21 goals per goals and assists per 90 minutes. That's, again, up there with any 1. run. 1.21? That's, that's, that's like nuts. as good as Landon Donovan's best season, as good yeah. as Jaime Moreno's best season. Um, and so the full year is 16 goals, 12 assists. He wins Golden Boot. He wins MVP while playing for three teams in the league. What? I'll say this again. This will never happen again. What? It will never happen. There's no way an MVP caliber player gets traded twice in the same year yeah. and then wins MVP and Golden Boot. 
never going to happen again. I don't, I don't, yeah, there's no way. No that's, way. That's crazy. I can't believe I forgot, I can't believe I forgot Dayrow. Yeah. On, on the Rebels. Because it was so quick. Yeah. And DC, DC ends up, I think, either winning that year or the next year, the U.S. Open Cup, but they're not good by any means. They mm-hmm. don't, I don't think they make the playoffs that year. They also haven't won a cup since, like, the early days, right? Yeah, with Moreno. Yeah. And so so the following year after that, age 34, he has another good year. It's like seven goals, 12 assists, like, really good year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then 35, father time, finally catches up to him. He slows down. They don't re-sign him at the end of that season with DC United. He ends up getting picked up for Toronto um, FC to return home for one more year. Yep. Um, basically retires at like um, at uh, 36, right? Yeah. So he ends up retiring. Um, an incredible career. It in- would have been even better if he had moved to MLS earlier. Yeah. Yeah, so it's interesting, right? This is going to be a theme that you're gonna we're going to talk about a lot in, in this list. Mm-hmm. If you're making the Hall of Fame list, our Hall of Fame list, that means you are most likely have been in the league for a really long time, and you've excelled in the league for a really long Consistently, time. Consistently, too. And, um, which is normal for most Hall of Fame. So what's not normal is an MLS. Mm-hmm. Unlike, unlike, if you do that for the NBA, obviously you're making the Hall of Fame. But at MLS, if you are really good for a really long time, the question is, why are you still in this league? Like, I'm a huge uh, MLS yeah, fan. I'll always be the question. True. Yeah, I'll always be a huge MLS fan, right? And so, I'm a, but even the biggest MLS fan is not going to be like, yo, we're one of the best leagues in the world. We're not. No. You know? And so with Landon, the reason why he stayed in the league is because he got homesick and he wanted to be home in California, Right. Yeah, and um, by the time he had that itch to go to Europe, he had failed once as a loan in Bayern, and then by that point he was just doing loan things, and he ended up getting a little bit in in Everton. Jaime Moreno failed first in Europe. That's why he got to MLS, mm-hmm. and the the reason why he didn't go to Europe is because, again, we talked a little bit about it. His he. Um, Admittedly, didn't take diet seriously younger. Then ended up getting injuries at what should have been his prime years. And then by the time he took like diet seriously and, and um, training, like the actual like lifting and stuff like that seriously, he has slowed down considerably after back surgery. Right. 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 So that's the reason why he didn't go to Europe um, for more years. And, um, and that's why he stayed in MLS. For, for Dero, it's almost like the reverse Right, it's like he had such a bad experience, and it took him so long to break into MLS that by the time he reached his peak years, mm-hmm. he was already thirty. Right, you know what I mean? Like he right. was already thirty, and um, and even then, you know, there were, there were points where he could have gone to Blackburn. He had a contract offer, and he chose financial security. He could have gone to Celtic, but he had disagreements with the front office right and it's like all these little things right throughout a career that makes someone stay in mls which then makes you an mls all-timer and then eventually you get the honor of being in this list right it's like it's a fascinating kind of yeah point that is a very very weird and crazy case 
Yeah. Man. So um, after retirement. Golden like, Boot and MVP? Yeah, at 33. At 33 three, with three, three different teams in the season? <laughs> yeah. On, on a it's re- ridiculous. That's un- unreal. It's unreal. Um, will never happen again. The most interesting season ever. 2011, well, Darryl. I have, um, I have my favorite DDR rom- uh, moment, of course. You do. Um, can I just say quickly what he's, what he's been up to after retirement? Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Like, I think we've been doing that with that, uh, each one. So he did one year of indoor soccer in 2018, which by I way, remember that, yeah. Donovan did and Jermaine Jones did the same thing. Yeah. That was a kind of a thing to do. And then he, was, he had an ambassador role for uh, Maple Leafs Sports and Entertainment, who owns the Toronto FC team. And then he runs uh, the Dayro United Football Academy in Ontario, and then uh, the Dayro Foundation that helps kind of inner city kids with soccer, uh, which is pretty cool. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So you got your favorite moment? Yeah. Uh, for the first time, uh, Matt Reese is not involved. All right. Nice. Uh, and you know, you know me, and uh, I, 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 I do the hipster thing. I, p- I pick a, a moment that I can't do it this time. You gotta, I can't. You pick, this is I the can't moment. Do it this time. There's no argument. It's so clear what the best day row moment is of all time is that free kick. Like, how could you talk about anything else, really? Uh, in my opinion, it's one of the best. It's one of the best free kicks that has ever been taken in the league. Yeah, it's up there. The, the goal um, that you're talking about, if you haven't seen it, it's against it's against the LA Galaxy yep. before they had the whole color change the color scheme change and yep. yellow jerseys, so it's it's in, it's during El Clasico. Um, this ball is so far out too, and he just he bends this around the wall and with pace and it's just like it's the most it's the perfect shot it's the perfect dead ball shot I've ever seen. Yeah, and it's like the bend is crazy. Yeah, they had the oh, thank God they had the reverse angle on it from behind from him. behind to show just how much movement was on that thing. Yeah, and that thing is going like probably eighty miles an hour, and just like like severe like, bend could have broken the net. <laughs> uh, you know, upper ninety. It's um the goal that it's most similar to to me. In the world stage is that Roberto Carlos. I was going to say Roberto Carlos. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's an incredible goal. And the best part is like he does a like trademark. The, yeah. The, the little stutter. The stutter. The, yeah. The dance that he does. He had he had sauce, man. He mm-hmm. had a lot of swag. Um, and it, it was a real joy to watch him play. He, he like he played for the Rebels for like a, a two months. How many games? How many games is that? I think like? it was like. Eight game. I don't know. Like it yeah. wasn't that much. Um, it's like two and a half months. So it's probably nine or ten games. Um, he had so much sauce. Like I feel like he. Anyone who was watching MLS at the time. He's one of your top three favorite players to watch. Don't you agree? Like during that time period. Like yeah, I loved watching. God, yeah, and like when you look at his years, like the his MVP year is super. Good. Like 16 and 12 is a great year, especially in that time period. Um, but some of his MLS best 11 years, like the, the, the stats are good, but they're not great. And the reason why I think he got as best 11 still was because the way he did it was with so much panache, mm-hmm. so much style, like arrogance. You know what I mean? Like 
trying stuff. Yeah. Um, there's like Donovan is like really. Is he, I mean, uh, I, this might be a weird thing to say. Is, is he kind of like a Canadian Dempsey? Kind of like a Canadian Dempsey. Does that yeah. make sense? A little bit. He's got the little bit of flair. Yeah, he's, he's got, got the sauce. The, uh, the talents in every respect and attacking midfield. Or you could put him up top a little bit. Like, Yeah, I think a Canadian Dempsey and like the attitude makes sense to me. Like it's not a Donovan, right? Donovan has energy and he has like he has an attitude to about him. But the style of play is very direct. Mm-hmm. Speed, making the right pass. Like... Um, Moreno was very much technique. I think that was the word you used, which is correct. Right. And it was like silky smooth, not moving fast. And, and Dero, I think you're right. Dempsey is probably the closest one. It's just sauce. He's like dripping it, you know? And yeah. um, I'm sure like there's moments where like he's picking the wrong time to shoot um, from way too far out. But like, like Dempsey, you'll take it. He'll try he, stuff. He'll try stuff. Um, and all time, all time great. And unlike Dempsey, he he spent his entire career mostly in, in MLS, right? Which is why he's he's on this list. Great. Do you have any um, sources to uh, cite? I do indeed. Um, there's a few great articles that I, I was reading. Um, one was on the racism that uh, Dayro experienced for the Midland today. You'll see the article there. Um, there's an article from The Record um, that talks to Darrow right when he retired, and it's about how he had an eye for the dynamic. He had like a roller coaster career. Mm-hmm. And then um, one for The Guardian during his uh, MVP year, which was called The Highs and Lows of, of De Rosario, which I think is an apt article for that year because um, it certainly had highs and lows. So those are, um, those are some of the articles um, that are worth checking out. Yeah. So that's number three. Number three in the books, man. Number three in the books. I, I will think, say, uh, yeah. I think I'll come up with a acronym here. I think W W D D R D. Well, with Dwayne Dedrick, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's been a tough Probably year. It's been a tough year. I feel like I've played for three different teams this <laughs> yeah, year. True. You know, like, <laughs> like true, how do true. I be my greatest after being thrown around? Yeah. Between my bedroom and the kitchen and the bathroom, the three teams I'm playing for during <laughs> yeah. quarantine. True, true, <laughs> true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you can attack life the way he attacked that year, that year, Man. I think you'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. Also, we're in our 30s. That makes sense. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, story number three in the books. I will say, um, if you liked it, rate and review. I realize we haven't been saying that. Mm. So definitely rate and review. We actually took, I think, a, a pretty long break in between season one and season two. Facts. So um, so if you like what you're hearing, tell some friends. It really does help us out. Rating our podcasts on Apple helps us out and lets other people check it out and obviously we want feedback this is kind of a new format for us so yeah this is very very different very different season one season one so like if you're liking it or if you're not liking it let us know cool we have we have 22 more of these to do for hall of fame just for this yeah just for hall of fame just for hall of fame and then we have another 25 for the women's game um which i realize i know what i'm doing with that all right what are you doing so i think we're gonna do teaser or are we gonna include it right now no 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 it's um five on five off Five on, five off. So after five of these, okay. we'll do five. Kind of. That's a good number. Ones. I like that. Yeah, that'll work out just right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, if you if you're liking what you're hearing, let us know. 
And uh, you know what else we haven't done in a while? What? What's our Twitter handle again? <laughs> it's at, at 25, 25 underscore, underscore stories. stories. Yeah. yeah, follow us. That's yeah. true. Yeah, we have done, we've we like ignored the basics we've, of podcasting. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, self We haven't mentioned JJ and she's chewing on a tennis ball. Like, yeah, we've, we just jumped right into the stories. It, you know, it's, it's 2020. It's a weird one. It is a weird year. Yeah. It's a weird year. On the positives, um, I know that this episode's evergreen, but what I'm about to say is not. Tyler Adams scored a banger today Yeah. for Champions League. I mean, it wasn't technically a banger. It was deflected in. But, like, dude, game winner. Yeah. Game and winner. They knocked off Atletico, and they're moving on to play PSG, no? Yeah, the semis. Our boy Tyler Adams. I will say, it's going to be interesting. Um, I know this is now we're in a tangent a little bit, and uh, we're coming close to time, but... Almost every single one of the people in our 25 list, Hall of Famers, mm-hmm. have been in this league, obviously been in the league for a long time. And they all have their unique stories like we talked about on why they stayed in the league. Yeah. But also, let's be honest, it wasn't easy to move out of the league because the league wasn't seen as positively as it is now. Right. And if you think about and the reason why I'm bringing this up, like Tyler Adams is very much a product of Major League Soccer, he spent. Um, but Tyler, I think I know where you're going with this. It's like Tyler Adams is destined to be an all-time great if he stays in MLS. But nowadays in the modern game, I mean, he's not, he's not in MLS. Not, yeah, so like you're not going to stay in MLS. You're not going to stay in MLS if you're if you're that level. You're not. I mean, it's it could be very possible that if you're talking about if within a year, mm-hmm. the best players ever to play in MLS. Yeah. Alfonso Davies is on that list. Right. He's not on our list because no. he didn't play long enough. No. And then the reverse is also true where you come at the end of your career. Yeah. Like Thierry Henry, so, I mean, he was amazing when he was here. He just didn't play long enough in the, in, in the league. Understandably, like he was busy being an all-time great in Arsenal and Barcelona. Mm-hmm. But um, it's going to be interesting on the type of player that stays yeah, great like, in right. MLS but stays in MLS, right? Right. Like that... Like Wondolowski, who may or may not be on our list, but like he's going to be on the list. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's, on, on. he's on the list. Come on. Um, Wondolowski is like the perfect example of that. Like he's like a, a great player in the league, but he's not, he's not at the level where he's obviously needed in Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's also a late bloomer. It's, it's just going to be fascinating to see like who is like the, the next 25 people to talk about like 10 years from now yeah um because it's going to be like i don't know and the easy way to look at it's like there aren't 25 donovans or 25 morenos or 25 ddrs or 25 whatever player we know there's not even 25 chris wandolowski's yeah 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 it's 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 hard it's like it's very unique unique yeah Yeah. like a, a player that's not on this list now but will be in the next iteration most likely Ooh, can i get one can i get one can I can I reveal who doesn't make the cut? Yeah, I, like can I, I, I get one and you get one. I think we're going to say the same player. Is it Kai Kamara? Oh no! No, I was going to say Joseph Martinez. I mean that one's that one's clear and obvious. It's not he hasn't been here long enough. Yeah, but he is going to be here long enough. I think that's my point. Mm. Um, and the reason why he's going to stay is because like he genuinely loves the city, right? And he's getting paid really, really, really. Yeah. Well, right. And so like. But he's obviously good enough to be in Europe. He should be 
basically be recruited by Europe again. And that's not to say that he won't be, but like he, his situation is great for him. But it's such a unique situation. Yes. Right? It's yes. such a like... It's not a normal situation. Like, the best in the league right now is Vela, but Vela, I don't know. I don't know how many more years he plays. He might. I mean, if he, if he throws up 30 goals a year, he'll probably make the list. But like, right. theoretically, he won't have enough, he shouldn't have enough years. He just might, based upon just like the quality of the years. This is all time. But like Diego Rossi is probably gonna get sold. Like he's not. You know what I mean? Like that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. We're sorry, Kai. We're we're sorry, Kai. But I want to say that now. So if there's anybody listening to this that's expecting Kai breaks it in, I'm he's probably like number twenty eight, twenty nine. He's, he's you're probably number twenty six. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah, I, I, I have uh, my number 26. Like, he's the one that you've been feeling really guilty about. I have. That's why I just said his name. Yeah, I have one that I'm not going to say now. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, not too many That spoilers. I feel really, 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 really guilty about. Um, and he would be my 26. Um, but, but like I said, I, I think in the first episode and in the preview episode, we talked about this. Like, 25 means our first 25 in. Mm-hmm. Kai is a Hall of Famer in this league. Yeah. No questions asked. Like, he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Like, um, a regular Hall of Fame, I think, at this point, 25 years in, would have 40 to 50 people. Mm-hmm. So, we'll probably do a bonus ode to be like, who, who would have made, who, who was close to making the cut for the first class? Or like, asking people after the 25, is like, who, who do you think got, um, makes that list? Who, who do you think makes the Hall of Fame list but didn't make it? As a full. Yeah, yeah, as a yeah, full yeah. list. Yeah. And I would say most of the people that you're thinking of, we agree with, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. True. Um, okay, there might be some that we don't. Like, David Beckham, to my, my opinion, is not a Hall of Fame. But we'll handle that when we get there. For now, let's sign off and, uh, you know, follow us on Twitter and rate and review. And we'll catch you next time. We're sorry, Kai Kamara. We're sorry, Kai <laughs> Bye. Bye. She's like omelets is, but I'm the toast of the town like Thomas.